The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. The resume for Coach Drum Tang in his first year as a Wildcat grew even stronger this past week with a couple of awards. And guess what? Drum Tang was named the Naismith Coach of the Year this past weekend. And guess what? At 510, we are going to hear right here on Wildcat Insider, the Naismith Coach of the Year, Drum Tang, will join us at 510 and Marquis Noel wins the Bob Cousy Award for the best point guard in the nation. Welcome to Wildcat Insider. I am Mitch Fortner with the Hall of Fame voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Travion Berklin is with us across the studio. Our phone number is 537-1350. If you want to call into the show, also coming up, we're going to hear from Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, you know, former Wildcats with the football team, as they had Pro Day back on Friday and get their thoughts on getting ready for that day, what's ahead, and also Deuce Vaughn speaking about making the decision to not come back for another year with the Wildcats and leaving early to go to the NFL. Well, Wyatt, it's great to see you once again. I'm glad to see that uh, you're back with us once again, and we have even more Wildcast storylines to talk about that just adds more to the story on how historic this run was with K-State Hoops. And we can talk about Drum Ting later when, of course, we have him on and winning the Naismith Coach of the Year. You know, I, I kind of want to start out with Marquise Noel because that was a big conversation we had last week. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, the the subject was brought up because of what Drum Tang said after the game at the Elite Eight game where, you know, Marquise Noel's name, along with Keontae Johnson, des- deserves to be put up there in the rafters. But Marquise Noel winning the Bob Cousy Award, I'm sure to you, is the exclamation point to what Marquise Noel on an entertainment level on proving a lot of people wrong level on what he was able to do this past season for K-State. I'm thrilled that he won the Bob Cousy Award for several reasons, to be honest with you. For those out there listening that may be a little bit too young to remember Bob Cousy or remember anything about his career because he played a long time ago. He first got into the league around 1950-ish, so it has been a long, long time. But he was a superstar talent a really, really interesting individual and one of the great, I don't know, say top 30 players of all time and one of the very best point guards of all time from New York City. So you get that little tie in there with Keys too, right? And and I'm really so proud of him. You've, you and I have talked about him the last couple of weeks and the year that he had. This kind of, to me, is that final official stamp of, of – it's hard to win awards like this. And congratulations to Coach Tang, too. I know you want to talk more about that next hour, and I get it, but uh, couldn't happen to somebody more deserving from my perspective. Um, and we, we salute him. I can't wait to talk. Nice job, by the way, of securing him for the show. That's a, He's a busy guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so a tip of the cap to you on that. But, but again, back to Marquise. The, the season that he had was remarkable. 
the NCAA tournament that he had was even better than that. Mm-hmm. And so now you get the Koozie Award on top of that. It's just, it just kind of feels like the journey's complete now with the Koozie Award. At least that's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, drum take. There's kind of you know two different. Uh, routes I guess to these two specific awards if it, it feels like you know the coach of the year goes to like the most impressive coaching job that was done it's typically a it, maybe it's not always this way but it seems like it's always a team that is much more improved mm-hmm. um, a great comeback story maybe uh, well you know it, it's kind of a whole bunch of different storylines for Jerome Tang from the recruiting part of it to K-State struggling last year and now he's a first year head coach but he does have some veterans the recruiting now he has two All-Americans that, that became All-Americans uh, there was a whole lot to, that went into that Jerome Tang and winning the the Naismith player or the coach of the year award meanwhile for Marquise Noel that was simply just being the best player or one of the best players in the nation and I think the running out of the NCAA tournament, getting that national attention, getting the nation to talk about Marquise Noel. I mean, to me, and I still think, it still feels like he is the most popular player from this year's NCAA tournament, even though K State didn't make it to the Final Four. Yeah. Him breaking the NCAA tournament record for 19 assists against Michigan State, scoring 30 points against Florida Atlantic. And also, by the way, how entertaining he is. That was, I think, what that was all she wrote. Well, Excuse me. As I said before, his regular season, his Big 12 conference season was very, very good. I mean, off the charts good, really. But as we got into postseason play, and K-State, as as we all know, the the run in Kansas City was pretty short. It was the one game and done. Mm -hmm. As you look back on it now, that right or wrong gave K-State another couple of days of rest. Maybe that helped. I'm not. I'm not. They went to Kansas City to win the tournament and failed. I don't. I don't want to say that they meant to lose or any of that. Don't misunderstand. But then, the way the NCAA tournament played out, where he had the two really good games in Greensboro, and now the story of him going to New York and the shows that he put on there with one win and one loss, unbelievable. And on that particular stage of the NCAA tournament and in New York City, I mean, everybody took notice then. Everyone. All of the, from the Andy Katzes of the world to Screaming A. Smith to <laughs> Nicole Arbach to, that was my little shout out, Stephen. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm saying? It. I mean, everybody was on board. Everybody loved him and the way he played, and he just was spectacular. Yeah, by the way, you know that going back to the Sweet 16 against Michigan State where he scored 20 points at 19 assists, you know, had a bad ankle in the second half. That's you know? right. Yeah. Let's not forget that part of it. But if you do the math when he, in New York City playing in his home, playing in Madison Square Garden, which is, of course, Marquise Noel, along with you know the other three from New York City, his dream to play in the garden, well, he finished with 50 points, 31 assists, and 10 <laughs> steals. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just an absolute incredible run, but – you, you might remember this. Last week we talked with Gene Taylor, and we brought up the question. You know, Coach Tang said he'd love to see Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson's name in the rafters. And, you know, what's the likelihood of that? Preliminary thoughts. And, and you know, of course, Gene said, you know, that later down the road, we'll look at that for sure. And absolutely. Um, it is a player-by-player review on who deserves to be up in the rafters of Bramlage Coliseum. However, I made my own little pitch. Because you know me, 
I'm such a big Marquise Noel fan, and I I, mean, I believed in him since day one when he uh, said he's going to be a Wildcat. I vouched for him big time. I knew he was going to be a star this big, maybe not this big. Sure. But I knew he'd be a main guy at K-State. The thing I was most impressed with when I was reviewing his numbers, and I mean, this is a guy that at K-State, he set the assists and steals record. He played the most minutes in K-State history. He had the second best free throw percentage. He made the fifth most threes. Like, there's so many numbers that landed him either at the top or in the top 10 when it comes to single season stats. But I was like, you know what? All right, he had all these points. He scored uh, 633. That's eighth best all time. Keontae by 627, just barely behind Marquise Noel. I was like, put that into perspective, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. How about that combo? Those two uh, talk about one of the best duos in K State history. I was like, you know what? Marquise Noel had all those assists, 297. How many points were scored from those assists? So I looked at every single one. I told you, actually, I believe after the show, I was like, I'm gonna go after. I'm gonna go look at every assist he had and tally up those points. So. Those assists added up to 679 points. So you add up the 679 scored off of his assists, the 633 he scored, that adds up to 1,312 points. 1,000 what? 1,312 points. Wow. That was 48% of the scoring (laughs) for the whole season. That's good work on your part. I mean, it, I sa- like, it says everything really um, in terms of what he meant. You know, how many times have we heard over the course of many, many years? You win in March with great point guard play. Mm-hmm. It helps to have a big guy too. Connecticut's the perfect example. Look at Sonogo; they're in the oh, championship yeah. game tonight. I mean, if you have somebody like that that's a pro, um, that's all good. But yet, it all starts getting into offense with that guy out front, whether he's six seven like Magic Johnson or whether he's five seven like Marquise Noel. And I'm not comparing the two. I don't. I don't mean it that way. But you have to have a good point guard to make it in March, and um, we we saw K State quote make it in March because of his great run and and K State's run. Just with the eye test for you, though, I mean that had to be one of the most impressive individual seasons. Sure. You've ever seen. I mean, you were at almost every game. And it seemed like not every game, but I missed two games. I missed the game at Cal and I missed the West Virginia game because of the Big Twelve Championship game. I mean, every so often though, he would make this just incredible pass mm-hmm. or score on a guy that nobody five seven has the business in scoring and like somebody that's like six <laughs> ten or seven foot and he could score on anybody. Like I just I, I feel like I've never seen a player like Marquise Noel ever. Maybe not just in a Wildcat uniform. Well, just here's what I would say. The numbers that you put out there are staggering. I mean, 48% is 48% and 1,300 points over 36 games. That's, that's crazy good. But I think what most people would say, watching him play this year, and in part last year too, that he has an innate ability to make everybody around him better. And that's really, in all honesty, what a point guard should do. And I think that's the case with this group. It was such a fun season because of so many storylines. I mean, there there was enough storylines just about Jerome Tang to get us through a season. But then there's Keontae, there's Marquise, mm-hmm. there's Desi, there's 
Naquan Tomlin. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Um, you, you win the tournament in the Grand Caymans. You know, it, it, win those two games back-to-back on the road early in league play with Texas and Baylor. We've talked a lot about this kind of stuff, but those things kind of, I mean, all of a sudden, there's very few expectations outside the, the ring that is K-State men's basketball. And then in week 12, they're ranked fifth in the country, and everybody's going, whoa, what's going on at Kansas State? And when I say everybody, I mean, you know, all those you know, national people and the voters and all that kind of stuff. Well, then they started to notice, you know, and it was harder in the, in the back half of the conference season, but they were also playing ranked teams, if not every night, almost every night, and, and held their own there and had a, a really good run in March, and, and here we are. He, but he, his, um, I, I do believe this, that, that he had a lot of that in him, making everybody around him better. He just had that ability. He just gave me a thought, and I think I mentioned this a little bit last week when we talked about, like last week, we were not talking enough about Keontae Johnson and Desi Sills sure. and you know the other seniors, <laughs> you know Ish Masood, who had a great tournament, and now he's in the transfer portal. Um, I, I keep going back to Marquise Noel. And I think a big reason is because that, honestly, my feelings were hurt when he didn't win Big 12 Player of the Year. And when it came out that Jalen Wilson was the unanimous selection, that hurt my feelings. And honestly, it made me feel like, I'm like, am I crazy to think that Marquise Noel should have been Big 12 Player of the Year? And, I, and then I think it was Jerome Tang that said he believes that it should go to the best player from the best team. Mm-hmm. And it normally does. Not always. I thought this year was, if, if that was an unwritten rule, this should have been an exception to the rule this year. Sure. I don't disagree with that, but I think it should be said, if, if you're really trying to get to the core of it, I think all of those weeks, early in the year, through most of conference play, I mean, let's, let's, let's call it like it is, KU plays more big Mondays than anybody on big ESPN, and every week they're telling you that he's the best player in the Big 12 and the best player in the country. Should be the National Player of the Year more times than not. Am I wrong? That's what they said, week in and week out, week in and week out. And let's be honest, too, Jalen had a heck of a season. I mean, he <laughs> he basically was the best three-man in college basketball this year. He had a, what, 38-point game here? Does that sound right? He had a lot of points. Yes, he did. <laughs> really, really talented. Ta- four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A really talented, talented player. No question about that. I'm just trying to, to say the level of what you're trying to accomplish there with the Big 12 Player of the Year in a league where maybe the Big 12 was as good as it's ever been is hard. But, but even though Wilson was unanimous, I'd love to know who – I'd love to see the balloting to see really how close Marquise was on a lot of, a lot of those ballots. Oh, he's got to be second place. Well, you, uh, you would, if not, there's something wrong with it. Now, did Jalen did Jalen Wilson win the small forward of the year? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Hey, good for him. Yeah, he, he is a trip. And and again, I I kind of concur really more times than not with what Coach Tang said because that's usually how it goes. I mean, if you have, you know, a, a, a team that goes through this league and, and wins it like they did and those types of things, 
and that guy's at the top of the list and score. I mean, again, the guy led the league in scoring and rebounding. It's hard to do. It's hard to do as a three man. And most of the year, KU again. I'm not here to to tell everybody how great KU is. I'm just trying to make the point here. But the other thing that's impressive for me personally about what Jalen Wilson did was the fact that they played with a three-man in the five position most of the year, too. That shows you how good Jalen is. And he had a heck of a year. But so did our guy. All right, we better take a break before Wyatt turns this into Jayhawk Insider. Uh, no, I, him, Marquise Noel winning, never happen. winning the Bob Cousy Award, I think for me, made up for him not winning Big 12 Player of the Year. I can let that just Maybe go. this is another way to look at it. I can let it go. Break, okay? Okay. Maybe this is a better way to look at it. How many times over a 10-year stretch would Marquise have been the player of the year in our league? Eight out of 10? Yeah, quite a few. Seven out of 10? You get the point. Several. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not this time. Marquise, in my heart, you won every award this year. (laughs) I'm with you. When we come back, uh, we'll continue on talking about men's hoops and you know, kind of moving forward into the next phase, heading into next season, recruiting. Coach Tang laid down some uh, some boxes to check when it comes to who he wants in the transfer portal. Why did I will discuss coming up next. Seven eight five five three seven thirteen fifty. Our phone number. If you want to call Wildcat Insider, if you want to ask the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, a question or make a comment about the Cats, we got K State baseball tomorrow. Taking on the Nebraska Cornhuskers at Toyton Family Stadium. Six oh two for the first pitch, and pregame will start at five thirty right here on KMAN. Go get those tickies at KStateSports.com. Five dollars when you purchase them in advance. Mitch Fortner in the Hall of Fame voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Um, so it was on the Field of 68 podcast. Jerome Tang did that podcast while down in uh, Houston. Um, he was doing also some panel work there, it looked like, for CBS Sports. Um, and by the way, we got Jerome Tang coming up at, at 510. You don't want to miss that interview. Um, recruiting was brought up, and with Ish Masood now in the portal, and I actually, well, I'd love to get your reaction on that here in a little bit, um, but on that Field of 68 podcast, Coach Tang talked about, all right, so we got three spots available right now. I'm not going to give you the exact quotes, but mention that. So what he's really wanting is two guards and a five. Two guards and a five that have a ton of experience, that have played 90 games, passionate about getting better. They want to win and felt like, you know, at the five, just too, they, they had too many either like subbing a guy that was playing good offense for defense for another guy and, and, and you know, vice versa. And so, but what he really wants is that experience. Sure. Um, so your reaction to that? Well, I don't think it's, my reaction is, is I'm not really surprised, uh, to be honest with you, because, you know, I've, around the team, we know what they're losing. I know he has said over and over and over that 
in this past season. He wanted to go out and get some guys who had played a lot of major college basketball. I think he had that clearly with Marquise. Um, but but then he adds Tyke Green, uh, who played in 32 games, which bumped him up to 146 career games. Desi Sills played in 35. That bumped him to 161. I don't know that they'll accomplish you know those types of numbers, uh, at least going into next season. But I, th- I think the quote was something like he wanted to go out and get a couple of guys who have played roughly you know 90 90 games. So basically a three-year player somewhere. And those types of guys are probably going to be available. Not probably. They will be available. There's already – how many are in the portal now? 1,200? I'm not sure, but I'm sure it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, It is crazy. Um, And it's open for another month. Oh, for sure. So you can can jump in anyway. Right, right, right. So I think what would be apropos to say here is is if you can go get a couple of – veteran guards that maybe one is a little more of a point guard and maybe the other is more of a combo guy, then you can bring along those freshmen with not as much pressure to play and perform right away, right? I mean, again, the idea here is to grow this thing and and, and try to be um, a tournament team and a difference-making team come March Consistently, I think that's the way Coach Tang looks at it. In addition to that, you know, you have Naquan Tomlin coming back, you have David Gasson coming back, and you have a big man in Jarrell Colbert, uh, who basically is a five man who redshirted this past year. But I think if there's a guy out there that can really help you and has more experience, even then then you do that. So those three spots, those three guys, to me, make a lot of sense. On Ish, I would say initially I was a little bit surprised just because I know how much he enjoyed his experience here or feel like I have a, a decent sense of that. But when you get to, to analyzing and studying it, and I, I have a hard time criticizing Ish for this, I think he just wants a larger role somewhere and maybe, you know, a starting kind of scenario role where he can play 28, 30, 32 minutes a game. And he'll find that. He will. I don't know where, but somebody out there will give him that kind of opportunity, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another power six that decides to pick up um, Ish Masood, but you know, going back to what Drum Tank said on the uh, Field of Sixty Eight podcast, you know, brought the five and about you know had guys that could play offense, but maybe not so much defense. I mean, you know, maybe Ish Masood does fall in that category of when he did have to play a little bit of five, and we you know we saw him struggle defensively in the lead eight game against Vlad Golden, sure, or a big guy for you know elsewhere this season and, and struggle there defensively, and he's he's got a particular role with this K State team and that is you know kind of a spot up shooter from the wing, the right. left or right wing, and by the way, did an excellent job of kind of reinventing himself and getting him back in the lineup. To get some minutes and hit some shots, and he hit some huge shot this shots this year. But you, I mean, you need a guy that can play both sides of the floor and play consistently with a lot of energy. Um, so, Coach Tang will go in the portal and do that. And when it comes to the guards, I mean, I think you know, even though you got some guys, you got to. It's it's not going to be easy to replace a guy like Marquise Noel, no doubt about that. Sure, you're replacing Desi Sills as well, who just became one of uh, K State fans. 
favorite players like a Reggie Stubblefield kind of yes. caught your attention halfway through the year. That's well said. And, and think about it this way. Let's say you can't necessarily get somebody because it, it will be most difficult to get somebody with Marquise's flair, with his production, those kind of things. But what if what if you could get somebody like a Desi Sills with his size, mm-hmm. being left-handed, gets downhill, shoots the ball decently well, um, very solid, solid defender. I mean, why wouldn't you take that if you can add that? I mean, I don't know how you see it, but I, I thought Desi was one of the major pieces for K-State this year, big time. So And he'll be missed, without a doubt. If you can go out and replicate him with another body that can do what he did, I'm in. Sign me up today. I, I like the mix that K-State's going to have heading into next year. You'll have three guys, and if things go as according to plan, we'll have plenty of experience and could potentially be three starters. Mm-hmm. You'll have three freshmen come in, Danny Ames, R.J. Jones, and Michaela Rich, you got a one, a two, and a three, potentially a four, uh, with Michaela Rich. And, you know, hopefully the the weight of the world won't be on their shoulders. At least it shouldn't be. That's probably the plan, not to put too much pressure on them right away. Sure. Let them play into a, a you know, and earn your trust to play into a role where you can put more pressure on their shoulders and see if they can handle it. But also a mix, like I said, of returners with Naquan Tomlin, David Gasson, Cam Carter, and by the way, the guys like Jarrell Colbert and Taj Manning, who sat out a year yeah. and have promising futures. And we'll have this spring and summer to get even better and stronger. Those kind of things uh, happen, you know, and that's that's the way you want to do it. But I, I certainly understand Coach's thought about getting old, staying old, because that the transfer portal has changed college basketball from that perspective because you can do it now. There's no doubt about that. If, if you, I'm not necessarily the biggest Twitter guy, but when you have this type of turnover, there are going to be difference-making players available, right? I mean, it's just the fact of life. I mean, Kansas adding a Kevin McCullough, Kansas State adding a Keontae Johnson. Where, where else do you want to go in the league? I mean, everybody did it, everybody, and they'll do it again. The question is, is can you replicate it like Coach did this first time into year two? And there's no reason to think that he won't. Because he, what I appreciated about you know putting this last season's roster together, it was done with purpose in terms of the type of young men they were, right? You wanted a certain type of, of individual. <clears throat> but also, I said this from the very beginning, I think you'll remember this. The thing that I liked about the roster makeup was that you had youth and you had experience mm-hmm. to go with very little that was left, but those two were pretty good pieces, as it turned out. Yeah, and right now, the way the roster stands, yeah, it's not the most experienced squad, and it's not the oldest squad. But of course, there's work to do in the portal. Sure. It's about to get older and more experienced, and I like the approach that Tang and, and company are taking with the transfer portal, because if you look, said also in the podcast that you know the goal is to play Final Four weekend. And so they're, they're, they're building a roster that they feel like will get them there. Well, if you look at the last couple of might, – might even be more than just the last couple – of national championship winners and teams that have made it to the Final Four in the national championship game are veteran groups, guys that have seniors. Sure. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks last year is a great example of that. They were an older team. Yeah. Um, 
with three pros. And as a matter of fact, you know, San Diego State, if they were to win tonight, that is an older group. Yep. UConn, not so much. They're not old. They have a couple of seniors that are contributors, but they got a, two really good freshmen. And three pros. And three pros as well, yeah. yeah. So, you know, San Diego State trying to continue that trend of having some old guys go win titles. Yeah. Yeah, you have to – how do I say this the right way? I, I guess probably the way to say this is, is the preference is to have experience as opposed to not. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And you can do that now with the portal, and everybody is doing it. What has it hurt? High school recruiting to a degree, right? There, people are still recruiting high school players, but it isn't like you're seeing you know, one or two kids every year coming in as true freshmen and playing monster major roles in a Power 5 or Power 6 league. It's just not happening like it did before. All right, well, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll jump into some football. Let's hear from former K-State quarterback Adrian Martinez, who is preparing for the next level, up next on Wildcat Insider. You're listening to Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider continues. If you miss any of the show, after the show wraps up, of course, we put our show on the podcast. Every show. We're now, as far as I hear, exclusive to Spotify now. Just search for The Game KMAN on Spotify. And, of course, we still post the podcast in news radio, KMAN.com. Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Wine and I were actually just speaking off air about this uh, about our next topic, and that is Adrian Martinez, who came to K State one year after four years at Nebraska, now preparing for the next level. And you mentioned to me like sometimes just forgetting about Adrian Martinez and about exactly how good he was when he was healthy, and about why we should, you know, as much as we praise Will Howard for the run that K-State made, we should probably praise Adrian Martinez just as much <laughs> uh, because he won himself a couple of big games as well to get K-State in a spot for a Big 12 championship. You know, I always, from the first day I met Adrian, I, I really liked him uh, just, just from the standpoint of how he answered questions, how sincere he appeared to be, how humble he was after, I mean, if you, if you go look at his Nebraska numbers, they didn't win a lot of games. Let's be blunt about that. But but his numbers were pretty good. Probably too many turnover numbers, but that mm-hmm. was the whole – if you go back to the beginning and, and through the summer of last year and into the beginning of the year, that was the whole deal, right? Well, can he play at a, at a high enough level without turning the ball over? I believe he was in his fifth game or maybe sixth before he turned the ball over. Is that Does that sound accurate? In the neighborhood, I think so. Yeah. I, I'm actually I could probably find out right now <laughs> because I am curious. Because yes, he played in. Uh, let's see here. He officially played in. Was it how many games did he officially play in? I think he played in seven. Seven, and he one interception. Yeah. And so, I guess the the point of the story is though he's a really good athlete. Kind of turned out to be the type of young guy that I think we all thought was coming to Kansas State. 
Um, and and I think what I appreciate about him as much as anything, and I mean this sincerely, is how engaged he was and what a cheerleader he became for Will Howard after he got hurt. Not a lot of guys bring that to the forefront when things aren't going good for you personally. And I get it. I understand it. He's a competitor. He wants to play. And I, I think he got to the point where he was frustrated with being hurt a lot, uh, to be honest. But I don't know that anybody really questions his ability or abilities, just God-given athletic talent. Um, can he survive it at the next level? Well, that's the debatable question, right? No doubt. So here's the answer to the trivia question. In what game did Adrian Martinez throw his only interception in at K-State? It was a Texas game. Forgot about that one. That was when he came back from injury. Mm-hmm. And played the whole game, I believe it was the whole game, against Texas and threw for a K-State best 329 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. You know, Most of that was, was obviously in a comeback. Yeah. After K-State was down, what, 31-10 at half? It was a very rough first half for the Cats. And they're driving to tie the game when they, when they My bad. turned the ball over late in the game, too. So they fought back. It wasn't pretty in the first. You're right about that. But they made a game of it. I just like the way he competed and, and the type of young man he was and the, t- the type of, um, I, I guess I'll just say the type of teammate. Uh, that one, I can't say it surprised me, but I was so impressed when he was so positive about the team and Will moving forward after he went down. I thought that was extraordinary. Well, back on Friday, K-State had its pro day. Adrian Martinez did throw in front of all 32 NFL scouts. Actually, there were some teams there with more than one scout. Even one from the CFL, representing Winnipeg, you know, the team that Dalton Schoen played for. Here is Adrian Martinez after his pro day with the K-State media. How do you think today went for you? For me, I I thought it was good. Felt like it was a a pretty positive day from the broad jump, vert, to coming out here and running. Uh, I feel good about it. I feel like I showed my ability to be a quarterback at the next level, you know, making the throws that I wanted to show and obviously the athletic ability as well. What's the main thing you wanted to show pro scouts after your college career came to an end? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to show them that I was continually improving, you know, um, you know, having a great conversation with the guys that represent me, you know, from where we were in January to where we are now in terms of, you know, my stock and things like that, it's, it's grown a lot. And I think that's because of showed at the Hula Bowl, at the NFL PA Bowl, and then out here today that I can play quarterback at, at the highest level. You know, and that's what I wanted to show. I wanted to show what I could do, um, throwing, you know, a comeback to the field, throwing a dig to the field, throwing a go ball, throwing a post, those type of things, um, you know, to show that, again, that I could play quarterback at that level. Is something poetic about throwing to Cade your yeah. final, in your final time in a college setting? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's hit me completely yet, you know, that it's the last time I'm tech. I mean, I put aside the, the helmet, the K-State helmet at the NFL PA game, and I was like, okay, this is the last time I'm wearing a college helmet. But now it's here. I don't know when the next time. I mean, we'll probably throw together, for, you know, again. Uh, but it was poetic. You know, that last fade ball, he was my last throw, right in the corner, toe tap, just like that. And through all of it, you know, we're, we're at this point of cross, crossroads, you know, before getting to the NFL, trying to achieve our dream. How many uh, teams have you spoken with so far? In general, I mean, I think you can speak to a lot of these guys, like talk to scouts from all teams, you know, and, and that's that's part of it. Now, what you put into that and what you don't is you never know. 
you know, I've heard stories of guys, you know, like, oh, I talked to every team except one, and that's the team that drafted me. So, like, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't put a ton of stock in that kind of thing. So um, I'm intrigued to hear the feedback after today. You know, I heard a little bit, but getting a bit more of the story, obviously all those guys are on their way to KU. So um, it'll be interesting to, to hear what they have to say. What's your best attribute? Um, I would point to my ability to create and extend plays in and outside the pocket. That's that's what I think being a dual threat means, being able to get the ball in the playmaker's hand, and if nothing's there, being able to run and, and do something with it as well and get yards. Um, beyond that, I'd, I'd like to say that being a captain is my my biggest responsibility. That's something I take the most pride in throughout my college career, and that's something that I know I can bring to a team is, is leadership. So. Your year at Kansas State was uh, had a lot of uh, you know twists and turns. For sure. Looking back, are you happy at how things played out? Absolutely. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, see that? Uh, I do. <laughs> Big 12 champs, baby. You know, that's uh, that's why I came here. I wanted to win. We did that, and I got to meet a ton of great guys. Um, that quarterback room is special, and you know, fostered relationships I'll have for life. So I'm, I'm thankful I chose to be here. And really putting that in perspective, um, I wouldn't have done it any differently. You know, can't control injuries, but it was um, a great year for us, great year for K-State. And you think it helped your pro prospects playing here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think Coach Klein does some great things offensively and a tremendous offensive line and great skill guys, Deuce Vaughn. I mean, all the reasons why I, I wanted to, to wear the purple, you know, when I first got here. Um, I'd say it's definitely helped me on the other side. How different is throwing an NFL ball compared to a college ball? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit bigger. The laces are different, so if you get a college ball, laces are, like, fatter. But the way this thing spins, man, it's the Duke, you know? <laughs> and if you notice, you look into it, you could find little Ws, little Wilson Ws, if you look around the leather. So it's awesome. I mean, you dream of... Dream of just throwing the, the thing around, so it's it's been sweet. You studied that ball. Hey, you know, you spent a lot of time with it, so. <laughs> what specifically did you do to prepare for today? Did you have, like, a script, or how did? Yeah, so, I mean, I was in the Miami-ish area in Florida training for a couple months um, with Tony Rassiope. He's actually over there. He trained Kenny Pickett last year, and he has, you know, a long list of guys he's trained, and I felt thankful for that opportunity to train with him. Um, so that was the first thing. Uh, the next thing really is I did have a script. So went down the line. We had kind of practiced it. I'd gotten in here with the guys and thrown it around, and then we walked through it last night and made sure we were clean and everyone knew what they were doing. And, and obviously Phil Brooks, sorry about that, Phil Brooks played a big part in that for me because we, we needed someone else to come out here and run routes. And he volunteered and um, did a great job today. It's Adrian Martinez, former K-State quarterback, getting ready for the next level. Just hearing him kind of just augmented what we were talking about prior, right? Very smart. Uh, obviously, a captain means a lot to those to those guys. I loved what he said about the dual threat thing because I think that is exactly his strength. And he couldn't be trying to make the NFL at a better time because there are more guys that are doing that now than, than really ever before, at least in modern times, right? Um, who knows? I, I, I wish him the best, though. I, I mean, you can just sit there and listen to him, and I mean, he, he gets it. He, <laughs> he's a hard worker. He does everything the right way. You couldn't ask for for much more than that. And and I do think he can make a lot of the throws. I, I, again, it's about opportunity, 
and uh, I think that's just what he's craving is is a, a chance. Well, I I think he will definitely get a chance. Does he get drafted? Obviously, that remains to be seen. I was I keep looking at draft boards to see if I can get any more updates. It's just really hard to tell right now. Yeah, and, and well, he may or may not. Yeah. Sometimes I've had a couple of guys that I've known at K State over the years that that were that told me in retrospect it was it was probably better for them when they weren't drafted because they had options after the fact, maybe more options with more teams. Uh, that they were close. So keep that in mind, too. All right, to finish up Hour 1 of Wildcat Insiders, we have Jerome Tang joining us at 510. We'll wrap up the hour with, it's not just you know K-State men's basketball coaches and players getting national awards. A K-State baseball player has received a national award. That's next. KCM men's basketball coach, Naismith Coach of the Year, Jerome Tang, on with us at 510. We wrap up our one Wildcat insider, Mitch Fortner, and the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. K-State's baseball, its previous, um, well, the, the series with West Virginia. Didn't go the K-State's, what K-State wanted it to go, the way it wanted it to go. Just won one out of three. They won on Saturday, but lost yesterday 10-6. to six. But man, a star was Roberto Pena, K-State first baseman in the nine-hole had quite himself quite a week, and he's the first cat to receive this specific award as he was, yes, named Big 12 Player of the Week, but he was also named the uh, Collegiate Baseball National Player of the Week as he hit four home runs over the week, batting 571, 14 RBIs, including two games, with five. Big week for K-State first baseman Roberto Pena. And coming up next for the Batcats, they'll be hosting Nebraska tomorrow night. Six o'clock first pitch. Pre-game starts at 5.30 here on K-Man from Toyton Family Stadium. Coming up after the break, don't go anywhere. Jerome Tang joins us next.